Let's stand up, family. Let's pray get into the Word of God here this morning. Dear Father, we thank you for your Word. I make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on limited human abilities to teach. But I am trusting in you. Therefore, I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for supernatural recall of the Scripture. And I believe it word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, your power, and your love to each person's mind and the sound of my voice, bringing understanding, removing confusion, and that you will enter every heart, bringing faith, dispelling every fear. And Father, we'll be careful to give you praise and glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by your spirit here today. In Jesus' name, and all those love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Can I have a little more reverb and monitor on my sound? Thank you. I forgot to mention one thing. There'll be no live streaming for celebration. No live streaming from Janisburg. No live streaming from San Antonio. And the Sunday service in Johannesburg will be taking place here on Sunday morning. The Sunday morning service there, Sunday morning service here. All right, same time. Well, open your Bible, please, to John 6, John chapter 6. Now, this is a very powerful, important message. It's going to have an impact on your life. You can count on that right now. It will. The Word of God will impact your life, and this is going to have a huge impact on your life. I'd encourage you to look in your Bible to see what we are saying. Make sure it's there, all right? Who is the Word of God? Who is the Word of God is the title of this message. Verse 63, New King James Translation. Jesus said, It is the Spirit that gives life, the flesh profits nothing, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Jesus said, the words I speak are Holy Spirit words. They are life-giving words. Hold your Bible up and say, this book is life-giving. The Word of God is spiritual force. The Word of God is God's life and God's energy. It has the power to turn its readers into what they are reading. When we read the Bible, it changes us into what we read in the Bible, the power of the Word of God. There is no other book in history that has these abilities. Psalm 138, verse 2. For you, God have magnified your word above your name. For you, God, have magnified your word above your name. In other words, to God, His word is more important to Him than His name is. Now, to us, I guess we think that our name is more important than our word. We like people to think nice things about us, right? Right? But God says 
his word is more important to him than his name. Now, why would that be? Because God's name is good only because he honors and submits to his own word. God's name is good, and we trust God because he honors his word and he submits to his own word. God obeys his own word. If he was not obedient to his word, we wouldn't be able to trust him and depend on him. We know what God says he does. And that's why his name is good. Our name is only as good as our word is. If our word is no good, our name is no good. True? When God sends his word out, when God speaks and sends his word out, he puts himself into action. He puts himself into action. Satan knows that he must obey God's word, but he doesn't do it until we command him to do so by quoting the word at him. When we quote the word at him and tell him what the word says, he obeys it. Not before. Say this with me. According to the word of God, according to what the Father God says, the Father has given me complete access to all the authority of Christ to bring the Father's plans to pass in the earth. Say it again. I have God's right, authority to use God's power, His authority to bring His plans to pass in the earth. I like a little more monitor. Thank you. Matthew 18, verse 18. Jesus said, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, Whatever you say on earth, heaven will grant you. And he said, Whatever you command, whatever you bind, whatever you allow on earth, heaven will oblige and agree with. So you have authority over the heavens, the stars, Satan and demons and angels because God gave you all his authority to use. God came to Joshua, for an example. God came to Joshua and told him that he was to take the place of Moses. And he was instructed to lead the Israelites into the land of Canaan. He was instructed to bring the Israelites from Egypt to Canaan. God had to make sure that Joshua would succeed. So God gave him a formula. Now let's look at this formula. We're talking about Jesus who has given us the authority. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we allow on earth is allowed by heaven. Let's see if Joshua got that right. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. Speak the word. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Meditate means to mutter, to think upon. That you might observe to do according to all that's written in it. I want you to meditate on my word, Joshua, 
so that you'll obey it. Say this, if I'm not obeying God's Word, that's because I'm not meditating in the Word. Say this, if I meditate in the Word, I will end up obeying the Word. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. We don't have to ask God to make us prosperous and successful. He gave us the formula. He said, meditate in my word, and you will become successful and prosperous. If you're not happy with your status, then the solution is meditate in the word of God, and things will improve in your life. Amen? This is the way God has made for us to succeed in every area of life. That's the formula he gave to Joshua. In other words, if we look at it, think about it, and say it, we'll become doers of the Word, not just hearers only. And the result will be prosperity and success. Now, pride, which is a rebellious, independent spirit, only interested in self-exaltation, is the spirit of Lucifer. The spirit of Christ is God's way of promotion. Through submission to His Word and through applying God's Word. Because Joshua did what God told him to do, it created tremendous faith and authority in his life. In a battle, the children of Israel were fighting with the Gibeonites, and the Israelites had gained the upper hand. The Gibeonites were retreating, and the sun was setting. And Joshua knew when the sun went down that the Gibeonites would regroup, and they'd have to start taking the upper hand all over again the next day. So in the heat of the battle, as the sun was setting, according to Joshua chapter 10 verse 12, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And Joshua said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jashon? Yes. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like that, before it or after it, watch this now, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man. Now, he did not ask God for permission to stop the sun and the moon and the sky. He didn't give God any warning. Say this, whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. There's no limits to what I can do if I have the faith of Joshua. And how do I get that? By meditating in the Word. That's the principle that God gave Joshua, and he obviously did what God said. That's why he had the faith. Amen? 
If we want to exercise authority in this world, if we want our prayers to be answered, if we want to exchange, if we want to change, sorry, circumstances around us when we speak, if you want to change your circumstances when you speak, if you want to have spiritual power, if you want to speak to the storms of life and command them to stop like Jesus did when he spoke the storm on the Sea of Galilee and stopped the storm. If we desire to walk in the authority of Jesus, the authority of Joshua, the authority of Moses who parted the sea, if we, desire, if we desire to walk in the power of Elijah and Elisha and Paul the Apostle and Peter the Apostle, then please take this message from the heart of God seriously this morning. Amen. This message is from the heart of God. I don't care what you think about me. It's not about me. It's about the Word of God. We are talking about what God says. This is not what I'm saying. Matthew 8, verse 5. Now, this is what Jesus says, or what happened to Jesus. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him. A centurion is a Roman soldier, probably an Italian, not a Jew, a Gentile. He came to Jesus pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. That's all he said. He never said, come over and help him. That's all he said. He's lying at home in trouble. And Jesus said immediately, I will come and heal him without him asking. Say this, Jesus instantly wants us well wants to help us in our circumstances. I will come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Just stay right here and command him to be healed, and he will. Because for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. That's the only place in the entire New Testament where Jesus marveled because of somebody's faith and said, there's no one in Israel among all the people of God that has the same amount of faith as this Gentile Roman centurion. Now, why did Jesus say this? Why did he say that this man had such great faith? What was it that caused Jesus to marvel? The answer is this man understood authority. He explained that he both exercised authority and was under authority. He explained that he both exercised authority 
and was under authority. He's a centurion. Let's imagine he's a captain in the Roman army. And let's imagine they had generals and majors or whatever have you. So, because he's in the Roman army, and he's obeying the instructions of his major and his general, and he's carrying out the war as instructed, he has authority to command his troops. But if he stepped out of the army and disregarded what the general and the major were saying and wanted to do his own thing, he doesn't have their authority to command those troops. They're not his troops. He is using the authority that he gets, right? Now watch what he says. He recognizes that Jesus was under authority. He's really saying to Jesus, I can see you are a man under authority. Look back at verse 9, Matthew 8 verse 9. The first thing he says here is, for I also am a man under authority. He says, I can see you're under authority, Jesus. And I'm also under authority. That's why I'm saying to you, because you are under authority, Jesus, you now have authority. You see that? Jesus, don't you realize because you are submitting to authority that you have authority? He's teaching Jesus, right? This man. So all you need to do, Jesus, is just speak to my servant and he'll be healed. I recognize you under authority. Therefore, you have authority. Now, let me help you out, Jesus. All you have to do is speak the word because you're under authority. Don't you see that? And the Jesus says, good idea. Only kidding. Only kidding. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? No. This guy knew nothing about Jesus, but he knew something about authority, right? Say this, there's a definite connection between submitting to authority and having authority. There's a definite connection between submitting to authority and having faith. Can you see that? Jesus said, I haven't seen such great faith. Why? Because he understood authority. They go together like water and wet. Like water and wet. If we understand how to submit to authority and how to exercise authority, we'll walk in great faith and power, just like the Roman centurion did. As Christians, we submit firstly to the Word of God. Say that. As a believer, I submit firstly to the Word of God. And then secondly, to all other authorities that are in harmony with the Word of God. I submit to all authorities that are in harmony with the Word of God. If there's any authority that is going against the Word of God, we don't submit to it. But all authorities in harmony with the Word of God that support the Word of God, we submit to those. 
And let's recognize the danger of not submitting to the Word of God. Let's recognize the danger of not submitting to the Word of God. Jesus said this about the last days in Matthew 24, verse 12. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness is rebellion against authority. Lawlessness is rebellion to authority. I will not do anything anybody tells me to do. I'll do everything my way, like that song. I did it my way. Don't feel like singing this morning. So, <laughs> so, so, no, we ought to do it God's way, right? You see, rebellion. Jesus said, because of a disregard for authority, lawlessness will cause the love of many to grow cold. So we see around us in our world today total rebellion against the laws of the land, against the Bible, everywhere we look. I can't believe what I'm seeing on the news. Uh, it's shocking to see how the world has changed the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It's unbelievable. The total risk of God. Jesus said, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And we can see lawlessness is abounding. And so this is creeping into the church, unfortunately. And so Christians are disregarding the requirements of God's Word. Not in this church. There has never been a man on earth who exercised more authority, who exercised more faith, who exercised more power than Jesus Christ. And there has never been a person who submitted to authority as completely as Jesus Christ. Jesus healed the multitude wherever he went. Jesus ruled the elements. He ruled the wind, the wave, the sea. He, he ruled over the trees, the vegetation, the animals. Wherever he went, all the elements were submitted to him. Everything obeyed his voice wherever he walked on the earth. Yet, even so, he said, I do nothing unless the Father shows me first. I say nothing unless the Father tells me first. So with all that authority, Jesus says, I do not speak. I do not open my mouth until I hear from heaven what to say. I do not take a step. I do anything until I hear from the Father what to do. Total submission to authority. But what power and authority did he exercise? In the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was crucified, he prayed with sweat falling from his forehead like drops of blood and said, Oh my God, not my will be done, but your will be done. In his humanity, he did not want to be separated from his father. 
He did not want to suffer the punishment of the sin of man and go to hellfire. Unless there was another way, he would do it. But if only there's another way, God. But if not, not my will be done, but your will be done. I'll go. But Jesus was submitted to the Father's will. Even in the point of suffering the crucifixion and the fires of hell, Jesus obeyed. Jesus obeyed. Why did the archangel Lucifer fall from his position of authority and grace and power? Lucifer was one of three archangels God created, the three highest authority angels God made. Michael, the archangel of war, uh, Gabriel, the archangel of special messengers, like he came to Mary, spoke to him about Jesus, you can have a son, Michael, uh, Gabriel. And then Lucifer, the archangel of worship. He was the most beautiful of all God's creation, and he had musical instruments in his being. When he stood up to lead the praise and worship in heaven as a one-man orchestra, and the music from his being formed all of heaven, the most beautiful sounds of every instrument in heaven, all in his being, would radiate from him, and then everyone worshiped God. But watch what happened. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Watch that. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. My throne above God's throne. I will sit on the mount of the congregation of the further sides of the north. I will sit on God's throne. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high God. Yet you shall be brought down to hell, Sheol, to the depths, the lowest depths of the pit, to the deep, deepest, darkest dungeons of hell. That's where you'll spend your eternity. Now, do we notice the total disrespect for authority here from Lucifer? This is rebellion against God. Understand this, family. God's very throne is established because of God's authority. God's kingdom functions by His authority. All physical laws of the entire universe are maintained by God's authority. All creation continues to exist because of God's authority. If God had no authority, he'd have no throne. He'd have no throne. If a general had no authority, he'd have no army. To reject God's authority is to reject God. The archangel Lucifer turned into Satan when he rejected God's authority. 
By rejecting God's authority, Satan was competing with God. Competing with God. I know better than God. Anybody that disregards a verse of Scripture in the Bible and does what they want to do and disregards it is actually saying, I know better than God about this, and I'm disregarding his authority and instruction. That's what Lucifer did. That's the spirit of Lucifer. By rejecting God's authority, one is saying, I know better than God. Rejecting God's authority is called rebellion. In this situation, the rebellion was seen in Lucifer's attempt to overthrow the throne of God. Therefore, rebellion is the spirit of Lucifer. Rebellion is the spirit of Lucifer. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Children of God, understand that. God resists the proud, but He gives grace or favor to those who obey Him and submit to His Word. Grace and favor, that's promotion in life. That's what He's talking about. And if God's on my side, who can stand against me? But if the devil and God are against me, I have no chance. All right, the next verse says, James 4, verse 6, now verse 7. Therefore, because God submits, because God opposes the proud and, and exalts the humble, all right, therefore, submit to God. Submit to God. Then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. We quote that verse, Sub, resist the devil and he'll flee. But that's conditional to submitting to God. Say that. Resisting the devil is conditional to submitting to God. Say this. My authority and spiritual power is directly proportional to how I submit to the Word of God. Because he said, if you'll submit, you'll have authority to command the devil. That's what he's saying. Now, fewer, unfortunately, fewer and fewer people in America, Europe, Australia, first world countries, fewer and fewer of them are understanding this truth that submission is directly to the Word of God is directly proportional to their prayers being answered, to their authority, to their spiritual power. Few and few people in the first world country. But now, in third world countries or in countries where dictators are ruling, you'll see revival happening. There's a great revival in Russia, in China, in India, in the Middle East, Muslim-controlled nations where the gospel is outlawed by death is the penalty. But there's a great revival Thousands are coming across. They can't stop it. Why is it that when we live in this luxurious nation with everything at our disposal, that we have so much lawlessness 
and falling away from Christ and the Word. Why is it? I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about all first world countries. Thank God we are here today. We're on fire. Are we on fire? Just checking. More and more people are falling away. Falling away because of lawlessness. Because of the disrespect for the Word of God. Disregard for the Word of God. For example... For example, here's a scripture we should all consider and obey. Hebrews 10, 25, New Living Translation. Let us not neglect our meeting together. Now, God didn't say, I suggest, I recommend. How about this idea? Now he said, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other and warn each other. Warn each other. Especially now that the day of his coming back is drawing near. Warn each other. Let's go to church. Jesus is coming back. Soon. In other words, that's got something to do with his coming back. Why would it be necessary to go to church if he's coming back? There's obviously a good reason for that. What would we think it is? Right? God knows the reason people stay away from church. God knows. God knows if it is serious or if it's uh, unavoidable. He knows that. God knows if it's seriously unavoidable or not. We cannot fool God. Let this first be the beginning of our journey to submission to God. The beginning of our journey of submission to God. That verse right there. And submission to God and power with God as you learn, as I said in the beginning of this message, God's name is good and trusted. Because God honors and God submits to His Word. I ask you today, say this with me. If God submits to His own Word, should I not submit to His Word as well? If God submits to His own Word, should we not do the same? If God will never disobey any instruction He's given, if God will never disobey anything He said in all eternity, then who are we to say, I don't care what God says? That's a dangerous place to be. But the benefits of submitting to the Word of God are so enormous, so much. Blessing. We can't measure it. We are definitely living in the last days. And I beg you, do not allow your heart to grow cold. Do not allow your hearts to grow cold. I, I ask you with tears in my eyes, church. It sneaks up on us so 
unawares. We don't realize it. We grow cold and hot, so unawares. Slowly but surely, we read our Bibles less and less. We pray less and less. We just find ourselves too busy. And if we're too busy, we're too busy. Too busy. We find ourselves not coming to church. We find ourselves, we come to church, we just don't get anything out of the worship. We don't feel God's presence. We can't get into His presence. We can't feel the presence as we worship God. Because we're out of touch. We've grown cold in heart. We don't even realize it. Child of God. We're living in the last days. Now, don't allow lawlessness to creep into the church. Don't allow Satan to steal our hearts from loving God. The church must advance in America. The church must, it's imperative that the church advances in America. It's imperative that the kingdom of Christ advances. It's imperative that Satan's kingdom begins to retreat now. He's gained so much ground the last few years. We cannot allow the devil to continue his rampage and advance to take control, remove our, our freedoms and I'm telling you now, he's coming for the church. He's coming for free services. Five years ago, three years ago, sorry, three years ago, I was awakened from a deep sleep. I heard a loud voice say to me, five years of free worship left. Five years of free worship left. A loud voice. I woke up. I thought, what's that all about? Five years of free worship left. I heard that three years ago. Free worship, that means like we have this morning. It means do we have to go underground? Does a church close in the free world like it is in the other world, the third world and so many other countries? Do we have to close down our churches? I don't know what it means. But I'll tell you this, I sense in my heart things are very serious. I sense in my heart the church needs to pray I sense it's desperate. The church needs to get on its knees. We need to submit the Word of God. The kingdom of Christ must go forward. It must advance. We've got to push back the demonic spirits of hell trying to destroy everything. We are soldiers in the army of Christ. We are soldiers in the army of Christ. Let us submit to His command. Let us fall in. And be counted. Let us act like soldiers. And let's fight for the kingdom of Christ. Spiritual warfare is what we need. Amen? We're not going to be wimps. We don't have any reason to be wimps. We have all authority given to us. All the authority of Christ is ours and available. We don't have to shrink back. We don't have to. We don't have to be cowards. Now's the time before we lose everything. Now's the time to take back what the devil's stolen. Let's submit to God's Word and walk in His power. Amen? Say it once more. Submit to God. 
Then resist the devil, and he will flee. Praise God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Now this is important, what's going to happen here now. Wherever you are, just listen carefully. Close your eyes. I'd like you to talk to God this morning. This is not an altar call. I'd like you to talk to God this morning from your heart. Speak to Him and tell Him afresh that you're going to make a fresh commitment to be in submission to His Word. To His Word. I make a fresh commitment to be in submission to your word, Father God. Talk to him. It doesn't matter what you say. It's the heart that he's looking for right now. It's the heart attitude right now that he's looking for. It's not how you say it, but the heart of the believer that comes to God right now in submission. In humility, and talks to him, says, God, I make a fresh commitment to submit to your word, to walk in your power, in order to walk in your authority, in order to change circumstances and have power and have prayers answered. Like Joshua, like Jesus. Like the Roman centurion. Talk to God. Talk to him, child of God. This is such an important moment in your life. It's a turning point. It's a turning point. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to do a few things before I close the service this morning. Firstly, we're going to stand and sing one song. Then I'm going to call up Actually, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask all the fellowship group leaders to come up right now. I'll lay hands on you, and while we're doing that, we're going to sing a song. Service is not over. This is very important. All fellowship group leaders, we lay hands on you, because you are going to. You are going to run in God's power. With God's vision to carry out the purpose and plan of God. And I need some helpers, some men to help me catch, please. There's going to be an impartation here today of the anointing.
an impartation of anointing. Like Moses, God came down, took the anointing from Moses, placed it on the elders so they can operate in anointing with Moses to carry out God's plan, not Moses' plan, God's plan. And this impartation is not to carry out my plan, it's to carry out God's plan for this, this church and this city, whatever our part is in the nation. We are going to be equipped to carry out the purpose of God. So we're going to lay hands on you this morning. I'd like you please to say this, all leaders, all fellowship group leaders. And if you are planning to be a fellowship leader sometime this year, you want to run a group, I'd like you to come forward as well. If you're planning to start a group sometime this year, I'd like you to come forward. All right. All leaders, please say this. When hands are laid on me, the power of God, the Spirit of God, the anointing of God will come upon me to equip me to carry out the plan of God. I thank you, Father. I will have your wisdom, your anointing, your authority, healing power, delivering power, teaching anointing. In Jesus' name. Wisdom to counsel, to give advice. In the name of Jesus. I receive this. Now, when hands laid on me, the power of God will come upon me. Amen. So we're going to sing. Everybody, please, stretch your hands out towards these folks. And let's sing and worship God together.
If you need prayer here this morning for anything, come on up the front right away, quickly. Come on up right now, quickly. If you need prayer for anything, come on down. I'm going to ask the fellowship group leaders to come out. They're going to pray for these people. Come and stay on the platform here, fellowship group leaders. Come and stand up here on this platform, this lower platform. You're going to pray for these people. And while you're praying for them, we're going to sing another song. Then I'll do the altar call. All right, go ahead and worship. Can I have some more fellowship group leaders, please? All the fellowship group leaders, come up. Pray for these folks. Thank you.
See 